0: Well, welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed. What's going on, guys?
1: Hey, well, yes. How was your holiday season? Well, I'm still
2: nursing my eggnog hangover, but I made it to the podcast, <laughs> so I got to get credit for that.
1: That is a miracle in itself, a Christmas miracle right here.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, can I ask you guys a question? What yes. Up. On your turkey. Cranberry sauce or gravy.
1: Wait, you said on the turkey? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The cranberry sauce is on the side. The well the gravy you, is on the
0: turkey. Oh, so you see. Well, some people like only one or the other, but I guess you like both with your gra- with your turkey. My
1: brother in law <laughs> does this weird gross thing where he like mixes all three up because he's gross. But mm. no. Put the gravy on the turkey, you put the cranberry on the side. <laughs> well
2: actually i don't like gravy it's disgusting but oh here we go oh geez. i like my cranberry sauce um the kind that comes out of the can and still has the shape of a can when you take it out that's, that's the good stuff that's the right good, there. that is the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: shout out to my man shaquille perry i watched the christmas story movie for the first time yesterday and he asked what my opinion was that is the craziest movie i have seen in many years
2: what's the christmas story
1: it's a weird little movie about this guy. What's his name? Ralphie. And he buys oh, that? a gun for Christmas. Yes. I've never yeah. seen that until yesterday.
2: Wow. Mm. <laughs> well, before we begin 1996, can I uh, make an announcement, guys? Sure. I'm going to begin this podcast by giving uh, the 2020 recap R&B music. Are you guys ready? All right. All right. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm done. That was it? That's it. Pull his mic. Turn his mic off. This is going to be one
1: of these days. He's got some eggnog.
2: 2020 wasn't that bad of a year in R&B. Obviously, there wasn't much. Check out both of our sites. You know, I got Soul and Soul and Stereo for our recaps. We're not going to cover it on the podcast. I was just joking. It wasn't that bad of a year, but obviously, it wasn't a normal year either. No, it
1: was not my favorite year, unlike what we're going to talk about today. But it had its hits.
0: It had his missus. You can check that out. But we're talking about good stuff today. So we're talking about 1996 today. And I mean, we're at that point where I can't really be like, where were you guys in 1996? Because like I was six and you guys weren't that old. So um, I've decided to do something a little different today. And I want the people tuning in to participate, whether you're on YouTube, Instagram, or you're listening to this on Spotify, and all these great platforms that want. I have an R&B trivia just for you guys today, Tom and Ed. And the winner winner will get my leftover turkey leg that I haven't finished. (laughs) Have you guys seen how big a turkey leg is? It's like this big. Yes, I eat turkey legs all the time.
1: I love them. I don't even just eat them for the holidays. I eat them all the time.
0: All right. So this game is called, what group are they from? Oh, no. I'm, I lost already. <laughs> but here's the twist. I'm going to give you their government name. Okay. And you're going to tell me what group from the 90s. And I think most of them debuted in this year. Or they didn't debut in this year, but they had an album out in 96. Okay. So, Tom, get those collages ready. That might help. All right. Oh, um, uh, that's cheating. Uh, I'm not looking. All right. So the first name we have is Marvin Skandrick. Oh, that's easy. That's yeah, our boy. Is. That's our boy. Who is that, Tom? From 112. That's Slim. There you go. It's one to zero. Did
2: you guys forget wow. my AOL screen name, TL Room 112? Come on. Oh, I, know this stuff.
1: I can't forget that.
2: But no, I don't
1: think I know Slim's name. I think I got put on game today.
2: Do you
0: mm-hmm. know Duran's name? <laughs> it um <laughs> they, they're wrong. come on now all right uh the next one is ed i'll throw you a bone just to let you know that this isn't impossible what group is pamela long from
1: oh come on now now you're talking
0: my stuff i'm talking total and not the cereal all right so now that you know that this is not rigged and it's Up to you guys and your R&B knowledge. Can someone tell me what group Bobby Wilson is from? Do you guys know Bobby Wilson? Yes,
2: I know the answer. Ed, do you know?
1: Uh, That name is so familiar, it's driving me nuts. This is an easy one, too. I'm going to kick myself, yeah, because I know it's it's staring me in the face. Mr. Oh, my gosh, the album's back there, yes.
0: Bobby Valentino, also known as Bobby Wilson.
1: Bobby Wilson, yes.
0: Uh, the next one is Larry Anthony. That's easy. Why do I know all these so easily? I don't, I guess you have the
1: government's <laughs> names for everybody you've interviewed, Tom. Because I'm do, stuck on
0: these. Tom. Do you work for the people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he kind of does. Yes. <laughs> these are easy. All right. Who is Larry Anthony? That's that's big jazz. That is Drew Big Hill. Jazz. Yes. All right. Uh, Ed, I'm very disappointed. Maybe you'll get this one. Well, I clearly don't know government names. We'll, well, we'll let Ed have the first crack at this. And then, Tom, you can go for the steal. My mm-hmm. boy, Eric Williams. Oh, that's easy. Is it?
2: Wait, are we naming what they're from or their well, real
0: name? Or No, just what group they're part of. That's a member of Blackstreet, right? That is a member of Blackstreet. Ed, you didn't know that? What are we doing? Wait, who there? are we? Wait a minute! You said who now? Eric <laughs> Williams. Well, obviously,
1: yeah, yeah that's no, that's Blackstreet.
0: Listen, players, Christmas. Oh, yeah, my brain now you is know. still on holiday. didn't you know that. Now you know. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, how about Lamisha Grinstead? I know it. Ed. Oh, yeah. well, that one's easy. That one I know. Okay, I'll give that. Who is it? What? What group is she from? That's my girls. Seven oh two. All right. That one I got. So I think the score is like four to two. Um, Ed, if you can get this one right, you automatically beat Tom. Well, I'm sure I will not get it right. I'm
1: sucking at this real name game.
0: (laughs) Name a member of As Yet Except Mark Nelson.
1: (laughs) I have already Holy. lost. I see all six of them or 600 of them. Can't name those brothers' names. I want to see someone
2: in the comments name one. I'm looking at the comments on Instagram. Right and you now. better not Google. Tom, can you do it? Absolutely not. Shout out to my <laughs> boy Mark Nelson, though.
1: Yeah, everybody knows Mark Nelson, but other than that, we struggle. struggling. It's, right. it's
2: crickets in the Instagram comments on this one.
0: Well, shout outs to As Yet. We love them. Um, well, We're doing 1996 this week. Uh, A lot of great albums that came out this week, guys. Tom, when you look at this collage, and you were talking about it off the air, what's your first impression when you see all these albums that come out?
2: I actually didn't even see the collage, but I know what you're talking about.
0: Okay. My bad.
2: I I haven't been on our Instagram. However, is is another... I feel like every year we're going back is like my favorite year. It's crazy. The 90s, guys... I I just put together my list of the favorite albums, and it's going to be. This is might be my hardest one to narrow down because I feel like this was like my early prime of R and B, and these albums
1: still resonate with me to this day. So,
2: oof, it's a tough one, Ed.
1: Well, player, this we are in the years that I have always dubbed as like the formative years of R and B that we celebrated in the two thousands. All the groundwork was laid in these years, and that's why when people say. Man, you sure had a lot of five-star albums back then. Well, because these were the years where R&B was really being solidified for another generation. That's why you're going to hear so many classic hits and so many like fan favorites between the three of us. And I'm sure those here on YouTube and
0: IG. And I'm just looking at the collage right now, and I don't even know really where to begin. Do we talk about the males? Do we talk about the females? I think last week we talked about the females. No, I think last week we talked about the males. So let's start off this week talking about the females here. Can we talk Mm -hmm. about, and we talk about R&B primes and like songs that got us into R&B. Can we talk about Mm -hmm. Tony Braxton's Secrets album? Because this is, if this is not my entry point into R&B, it was one of the entry points. My mom played this album to death. My first saxophone I ever heard was from Kenny G, who's on this album. (laughs) <laughs> Ed, how big was Toni Braxton during this during, during this era? This was the era. See, we had
1: early Toni, and we'll get to that another time. Her debut, to me, still one of the best R&B debuts of all time. But in this era is when she solidified it. She came back with a slightly different sound with You're Making Me High, and she was able to cross over even more with Unbreak My Heart. It was just hit after hit after hit. And that Secrets album just excelled, and it was you know, we talk about the sophomore slump and can you do it again on the second go round? And she proved that she definitely could and continued to put her career on yet another hike. She was just knocking everything out of the park at this point.
2: But Kyle, how did that album resonate with you so much? You were like a baby at the time. So how did that impact you?
0: I think it was just musically because Babyface wrote a lot of it. And I just appreciated the melodies because at that time, you got to remember, R&B was Essentially pop music. So the songs were catchy, unlike today, where R and B songs just drag on and I don't know what's going on. Like these songs had structure, they had melody, they had great lyrics. And even when I listen to it today, like it still reminds me of when I listened to it when I was younger. And I remember my mom really loved the song Unbreak My Heart, but I don't even know if Tony Braxton likes that song.
2: Oof. Another uh Warning, saddest song alert, guys. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's another one. I mean, but it lives up to his name. I I think you're right, Kyle. I think I remember Tony saying that even she wasn't feeling it that much. But I'm a fan of it. And it's definitely one that has gone on to be one of her signatures in her career. Yep. Yeah.
0: Big album there. Uh, Another project that came out was Aaliyah's One in a Million. Now, this is, to me, one of those game-changing albums. Tom, I'll let you speak on this one. Because right after her debut, which came out with The Men We're Not allowed to Speak About, she comes back in with Timbaland and Missy. And even the first song on the album, the intro, Beats for the Streets, you knew they were doing something different. (laughs) I love it. That's Creeping Through the Fog, right? That is correct. That's the name of the song, actually.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's it. (laughs) Man, when you talk about progression from one album to the next, her debut had such a different sound, and she took it to a whole other level. And I just, man, this was a game changer. The whole sound of R&B kind of emulated this a bit after. It kind of put Timbaland and Missy on the map a bit more than they were. And classic album to me, no doubt. Front to back, I wouldn't say every song is not skippable. I won't get into that, but love this no. one.
1: Ed. I, I talked about this album with our boy Shaquille a couple of weeks ago. We did a head-to-head on Aaliyah. But to me, when I think about this era... It's hard to, for folks who were just kind of looking in from the outside to understand how monumental the sound was that was created here. It's mm-hmm. not often we hear a sound and we're like, what is this? Like, it mm-hmm. stops you in your tracks. But when she dropped, I mean, if your old girl only knew, I remember was pretty popular amongst the yep. old high school. But when one in a million dropped between the crickets and that dark sound and then we had that eerie video it was just another level. Aaliyah was able to kind of combine and find this chemistry with Timbaland that we hadn't seen before. Missy with her writing. And those three really just reshaped R&B at the time. This is the album where it started. And we saw the shift of, well, the beginning of Timmy and Timbaland and Missy's kind of dominance over hip-hop and R&B that they've enjoyed for 20-something years at this point. That started here. Aaliyah's ascent to changing her sound to being the more kind of, I don't want to say vibes, because y'all wear that out, but (laughs) kind of the darker sound that she had as opposed to the sound that she had on her 94 album, which was a little bit more typical, kind of more mainstream for the time. This was a complete shift in tone. This was where it all started. And that groundwork that we hear today from the weekends and everybody else, y'all try to hype up in my mentions that I'm like, eh. It all started here. So she needs to get all the love for the way music was basically reinvented in 1996.
2: I would love to do a full podcast on this album one day. We could talk about every song. But mm-hmm. it real quick, another saddest song alert, guys. Oh, boy. One I gave my heart to. Oof, can't listen to it.
0: Diane Warren, I tell you.
1: <laughs> oh, crying in the rain, man. If you're crying in the rain in an R&B video, just, <laughs> ugh, just throw me away. <laughs>
0: Now, is there anyone out there that thinks that the Hot Like Fire original version is better than the remix? Because I'd like to talk to this person because the remix is infinitely better. Yes, I agree.
1: And again, this is something that y'all youngers don't get. In 1996, 1995, 1997, it was nothing more frustrating then turning on the radio and hearing a song. I'm like, that is my song. I can't wait to get the album. And the album version sounds nothing like that because mm-hmm. you've been listening to a remix the whole time. Yeah. And you can't get it by streaming. You got to go find the single to get that remix. Oh, we so frustrating. And this was one of those songs.
2: Hold on, we've been challenged by King 516. The song is not that sad. Well, you must have never been oh. in love and had your heart broken, man. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get there someday
0: yeah and it uh (laughs) you'll never want to hear that song again but you'll just go back to it for some reason uh let's talk about swv new beginning had the huge record you're the one and then it had the great neptunes record use your heart ed what do you remember about this album and just the momentum because that first album was big and they come back with this one like four years later
1: and it kept up the momentum and
0: this is my first hot take that's gonna get everybody annoyed
1: I wasn't a big fan of the original single. You're the one. I remember they were riding a little motorcycles in the arcade or something. I was like, eh, y'all ain't doing it for me with this one, ladies. But Use Your Heart, that resonated with me. So the, de- the first single was a big song, no question. So That's why I didn't really check the album out. I don't think I even listened to the album until years later because I just mm-hmm. was not feeling the single. Wow. But when I did hear the album, I was quite impressed. Not as good as the debut for me, but definitely a step in the right direction for the ladies.
2: I got to shout my boy, Brian Alexander Morgan, who handled a mm-hmm. lot of production on their debut, but not as much on this one. And when I interviewed him earlier this year, it really gave some insight into he didn't have as much involvement, and that's kind of why it sounded a bit different. So yep. I've looked at it differently since hearing him talk about it. So I definitely can see that, and I definitely agree with that. Not as good as the first,
1: but I still like it a lot, though. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's a good album.
0: Tom, what does... The line real love purified mean that's a classic Pharrell line, <laughs>
2: it's a classic Pharrell line that makes no sense but sounds good in the moment. That's all I gotta say.
0: The song is great, so <laughs> we'll, we'll give Pharrell a pass for that. Um, am I forgetting a female project right now? It didn't seem like there were a lot of females that came out, so let's uh, can well, we move a few on?
1: debuts? We'll get to them later,
0: yeah. Let's let's move on ahead to the males here, can we? Yep. <sighs> Ed, it's time. It's time <laughs> already. Right? I mean, we all gotta right? talk. We gotta talk about the King Keith Sweat, right? The 1996 album isn't twisted List, on this album. Twisted on this album. Nobody's on this album. Wow. Everything's on this album.
1: If we want to go here now, we can go here now. One of my favorite albums of all time. Everybody listening to this podcast, who knows your boy, knows this by now. This is the album that made me a Keith Sweat stand, and to me. It's one of the ones that is a pinnacle of his career. So he's had the debut, classic debut, way back in 1987. Ten years later, he was able to do it again with this album, completely changing the sound for the times. Great songwriting, great production, songs that have, if you think of Keith Sweat, you're going to mention Twisted, you're going to mention Nobody, Mm. and that's home to those here, and, and some fantastic album cuts as well. So this one for me... This is my Keith album. It's the one that made me a stand. Wow. Do you mind if I chime in real quick on the album?
0: Yes. Uh, Never heard it. Sorry. Oh, my. (laughs) Again, cut his mic. (laughs) But there is one thing I'll say about this album, especially the song Nobody. That song ended up crashing our site once upon a time.
1: How so? It did.
0: Because people on Twitter would write something like, who loves Hawaiian pizza? And then they would use... Pick They would save the picture from our site with the album cover and just paste it on the tweet and say, nobody. And they did it so much that it crashed your site? Yeah, shout-outs to GoDaddy. We're no longer on GoDaddy. so Oh, well, wow. oh,
1: gosh.
0: our, our server at it. Let's not
2: go there. Our server is <laughs> well, good
1: now. <laughs> but it just shows the power of King Keith. One incredible single has crashed the mighty You Know I Got Soul site. Oh, My man boy. just never stops it. He's a history maker every way. goes.
0: yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far. But I'll talk about another. I'll talk about another group that, uh, or a group that really crashed the world. Really, I still hear it in commercials. Black Street, no diggity. Mm. That second album to me, and I get into arguments with people all the time that think the debut album is better. I think a hundred percent that the second album is better from a production standpoint, from a songwriting standpoint second album for me guys yeah i need to go
1: back and revisit both because honestly i haven't heard both albums back to back in years i mean i just listened to singles off of both but i might have to agree with you kyle i think that it's pretty close but this one if it's not the best it's probably the most recognized
2: this one had this is the one with happy song on it
1: right yeah
0: mm-hmm. oh
2: man i love that song randomly i don't know if that's a widely known recognized song but
0: no. It's a favorite of mine. It's a great song. Uh, can we talk about Babyface the day? Yes, we can talk about Babyface the day. Every time because I close my eyes. Great song. Oh my gosh, yes. Too and sappy. To me, a little
2: too sappy for me.
0: Sorry. <laughs> well,
1: Babyface is a little too <laughs> he ain't really in Tom's wheelhouse, so I'll take this one. So Ugh. What I will say is that not too long ago, and you can check this out on Soul and Stereo, I ranked his entire discography and player. Babyface has a lot of albums, if you did not know. But Mm. I rank this one as number one. I think this is his best album. Really? Yep. I think this is, you can argue a couple others, because a couple others got close. But to me, this is his best work. And again, it's the magic of 1996. Kyle talked earlier about those Tony records and some other records that he was writing and he was just resonating. Babyface was at his peak with that pen. And he just made sure that he got some love too on his solo project.
2: Where did you have this is for the cool in you?
1: I was near the top. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was like, number about one that Um can we go with the Luther Vandross album? I have a question. Why is his album Your Secret Love, which had you know, the that song was huge, but why on and on the album cover is his hair blue?
1: It, play it. I <laughs> has always I want to know this because he looks like he's freezing to death he's got his head in his hands looks like he's drawing breath into his palms and the cover is blue and his hair is blue looks like one of mr freeze's henchmen i don't know what's going on but album is pretty dope and mm. we don't give i mean a lot of these what we've talked about in these few years we haven't really mentioned the legends like luther and whatnot but luther came through with this one this was a good comeback album for him. i think it went double platinum and that song, Your Secret Love, the title track was a big record. So quietly, he might not have had the high-level success as Keith and some of the others were mentioned today, but my man Luther was still doing his thing low-key. Yep.
2: Shout-out to uh, – I don't know if you guys are looking at the Instagram comments. We had someone come through and rant about us not talking about R. Kelly, and then they
1: left. So shout-out to that person. <laughs> well, as usual – Stance, yak, and then they run. Wait, did he drop an album in '96? R. Kelly? No. Who, R. Kelly? So why no, are they in were mad,
2: They were mad that you said the person we can't discuss or something.
1: Well. So then so they discussed and ran away. They ran away. Fair enough. Please <laughs> tell me the logic. <laughs>
0: um, can we talk about New Edition Home Again? This is the one where they all come together, all six of them. And Tom, you've seen it on our Instagram. People love this album. Like, people will ride or die for New Edition. You know the New Edition fans. Like, man, can you imagine being in that moment and seeing all the members coming together for a group?
2: I mean, the New Edition can do no wrong in, in, in their eyes. And really, you can't fault them for thinking that way. I mean, this is probably the biggest super group. I've always wondered, though, about this album cover. Like what, what, they're sitting around a what is that a table and what, is that a, a bear skin? What is going on?
1: <laughs> yes, play It is decadence of the return of new addition. They mean, went out and hunted a bear, and that's the, how they celebrated returning. What is, well, I mean, Luther <laughs> was out here in the wild, cold. Everybody in nineteen ninety six was cold and just surviving in the wild. Clearly, oh wow. I you
2: mean, know, this they, was a good, this was cool though. I mean, they came back with Puffy handling the production on this one. I mean. I don't remember the moment of it, Ed. You might have to fill us in what it was like being in that moment.
1: The moment was huge because you got to remember this was years after it had been a while since the group had been together. Bobby had his solo success and then his demons that he was dealing with. Then you had Johnny who had his success. Ralph, everybody was doing things separately, but there was always this groundswell of support from the fans to be like, we want y'all back together again, and that's the theme of this album. They were able to get back together and, you know, they had success. I've said that is I think it's a solid album. I think it's a little a little overhyped in 2020, but Mm -hmm. it is a solid album and it is a good return to form for them. And the fans were just so excited to have everybody back at the table, everybody back on one page. Didn't quite last because you know how that goes. But for the moment, it was a big moment.
2: Kyle. Kyle. Uh, FYI, you're messing up on this podcast. First, you didn't discuss R. Kelly. Second, mm. people are pissed that you only discussed Tony Braxton briefly.
1: Briefly, well, <laughs> didn't we talk about her for like five minutes? What,
0: what? They
2: said briefly was only talked about the album.
0: Oh, hey, we we still have to do our rankings later, so maybe I was going to talk about them some more, but maybe I won't now because you guys are calling me out. So Tony Braxton, <laughs> unfortunately, you are not number one anymore. We're going to have to. She's just been bumped down just because of you guys.
1: That wasn't Tony's fault.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not my fault I don't mention R. Kelly. I don't want to get killed. Oh yeah, uh, don't mention him. We good. Uh, Miss Superwife said uh, the Home Again tour was great. It was New Edition, Keith Sweat, and Blackstreet. Ed, you Ooh. would be going nuts.
1: <laughs> oh, player. That'll be a whole other podcast. If you know, you know about that New Edition tour. It was all good till a week ago, and a week ago was that tour. And then things didn't go too well. My man Keith was pissed. New edition was pissed. Bobby Brown's Bobby Brown. That's another podcast right there. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I
2: have a I have a resolution. We're going to turn Shaquille Perry into the moderator of the comments. So your first task next week is going to be to keep out the stands who try to slander us while we're on air and we can't yep. respond to. Uh-huh. All right, we'll we'll, play, we'll, we'll let Shaquille
1: <laughs> run the podcast. The comments, every comment will be about Aliyah. So we got to watch.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, let's focus here. Let's talk about Tevin Campbell's third album here. This is the one he grows at his hair, works with Puffy, and it just doesn't connect like the second album, And What mm-hmm. went wrong?
1: Player? first of all, I don't know if it was the mystical haircut in 1999 that did it. I don't know what happened. But again, we've talked before about artists in the early 90s trying to transition to the sound of the later 90s. It doesn't sound like it's a long time period, but it's a long time period in the 90s because we had that tonal shift and he just really wasn't able to keep up. The album isn't terrible at all. like for It just was not able to keep up with the sound at the times. And when he did try to transition, it just sound forced. It didn't sound like Tevin. He wasn't able to naturally evolve, whereas we talked earlier about Leah, how her 94 album sounds a lot different than the 96 album because she was able to find a new side of her personality and involve. My man Tevin wasn't quite able to do that as well. And not too long after this, he kind of fell off the map. So and I honestly was not a big fan of the title cut.
2: Shout out to our guy Lawrence, who mentioned that uh, Total wrote a song in that album, which I didn't realize. But man, I would I would love some new music from Tevin Campbell. It's been way, way, way too long.
1: Yep. Oh, way too long. And I've heard them on YouTube and I on Instagram and Twitter. The man still got the pipes. He can yep. bring it. I would love to hear them.
0: Still can sing. And then a couple of other projects that came out this year uh, in 96 was Tony, 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 which that album has a lot of great reviews. And then we have Mint Condition as well that dropped an album. But I mean, we got to get into these rookies because I think that's what people are here for. I had seen someone who was like, did we talk about Darnell Jones yet? We have not talked about Darnell. (laughs) Calm
1: down. One (laughs) real
0: quick note before we get into that. I believe this is the album
1: with Let's Get Down on it. The Tony, Tony, Tony song. Yeah. I can never hear that song again because that was the song that was playing when I was driving down the street one night after leaving my job and my engine blew up. So whenever I hear that song, I think about that nightmare of a night. Sorry, Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> mm.
0: Um, can we get into the rookies here? We got two collages to go through. Yep. Might as He's well got,
1: get started. Tony we, fans are gonna be mad because we didn't we, talk enough about.
0: Them. We've got 112, we've got Case, 702, Donnell Jones, or Darnell, <laughs> uh, Drew Hill, Genuine, Maxwell, Total. Uh who else do we have? Jesse Powell, Eric benet as yet, Anthony Hamilton, otherwise known as Ecstasy. People thought his name was Ecstasy on Instagram. Boris oh, Brown. Shoutouts to DJ Soulchild. But Men- yes, where's Soulchild? Men of Vision, Mr. Uh, Tony Rich, Kenny Lattimore, and Monica. Wow.
1: Oh, and you can't you can't forget my girl Mona Lisa too. She was Mona Lisa, 1996. Yep, she was. And you so, can't forget my girl Gina Thompson. Oh, Gina Thompson, yes.
2: Something that thought, someone that's another homework assignment for someone. Dig her up. Find. I've her. been trying to locate her.
0: Um, uh, I mean, so many cool names that we can go through. Let's I don't start off. To start on this yeah, I, Tom. I mean, we'll have to throw it to you since your name is TL112 Room or whatever. Oh my God, get it right. It's Room 112, where the players dwell. All All right. right. Oh,
1: even Mike is like, dude, chill out.
2: Yes, he was. He was embarrassed
1: when I told him that.
0: Well, Tom, can we talk about the Only You remix?
2: Man, a song right there. Actually, I didn't love it when it first came out, believe it or not. It's grown on me a lot over the years. I mean, it didn't quite fit with the rest of the album. That's That's why I felt that way but i could see the purpose of it obviously and it it, it did what it was supposed to do kyle mm-hmm. so this album though not my favorite 112 album but definitely i would put it up there as a classic you know potentially
0: that's a great well, album and ed before before i let you go on someone called it called us out on youtube and said uh the name is Donnell, not Darnell. We, we knew that. It's, it's an inside <laughs> joke, guys. We're not done. Yeah, inside. thanks, players. We, we know. Donnell Jones. Um, 112 at this debut album. Five star oh, album?
1: Boy, yes, it is. I have gone on record, no surprise. Like, I love this album. I think it's one of the best of the decade. And it's one of those that I have just such great memories for. I remember hearing the 112 Only You song and then the remix that same day and being blown mm-hmm. away both times because it was just an incredible song. And the album, I mean, Tom said that, you know, it's not really his favorite 112 album, and I get that. I don't think it's their best either. It's very ballad heavy. So yes. that's something yes. looking back at today, you're mm-hmm. kind of like, man, this thing is ballad after ballad after ballad. Yes. So yeah. hearing the big in Mace remix does feel a little out of place because it's just such a slow burn in a good way. It's not boring at all. So that does stand out a bit, but that's the single that helped get them some of the radio play and kind of that mainstream push that 112 needed. We know that a bunch of ballots doesn't always translate to a lot of mainstream love. So that was a wise move on the part of Puff to do that. But as an overall project, one of the best of the year.
0: You know what song I really love still? Like Cupid is great. I think that's a classic, but Come See Me, like I can put that on and I'm still vibing to that song.
1: Oh, no Great question. Song. Every, Great song. Everything on this album,
0: I can wear out. Yeah. Um, and not to be done by, by by 112, Drew Hill came out with a phenomenal mm. debut album as well. Ed, an album, period. An al- per- with, a <laughs> t- <laughs> with a T at with, the end. With a T, Sorry, dog. I'm with still learning. <laughs> Ed, your first impressions of Cisco when he comes out with his hair dyed, yelling like <sighs> KC... Killing it, dancing, and then you have Jazz, who was incredible vocalist. Woody, who's great as well. Nokio, who didn't really sing much early on, but you knew behind the scenes he was killing it. Like that was an amazing album.
1: I my first introduction to them, like many people here, if you were back in '96, was "Tell Me" from the Eddie soundtrack, which was this mm-hmm. weird basketball movie with <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. So that was like, and they, when they came out. Kyle, you were right. I was like, who is this hyperactive little blonde dude just screaming and losing his mind? He just, Mm -hmm. your eyes just immediately went to him. And from there, I mean, the momentum just rolled. That song was everywhere instantly. Then we got, you know, in my bed and five steps and never make a promise. And the album really delivered. This was another debut that just really took me by surprise because I was, I knew it would be good. I did not expect it to be that good. Someone, I mean, these four guys just coming out of the great sounding like veterans just straight up, it really
0: blew me away. And to me, their best album.
2: Shout out to our boy, Nokia. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Tom, we could go all day and talk talking about April showers, but I want to oh. bring it back to those remixes, man, because like we talked about the Hot Like Fire remix. How about the In My Bed So So Deaf remix? Man, that
2: was like a game changer. You know, because it sounds nothing like the original. And that's that's a credit to Jermaine, who had the vision to take a song like that Mm -hmm. and give it such an um um-tempo remix. I mean, you know, amazing job there. But I love both versions.
1: Yeah, we talked before about the the master to me of mastering a good remix ain't just taking the same song and change the beat or taking the same song, the random rap verse at the end. It's to take the song, change the concept. But then kind of keep it the same. The whole vibe of In My Bed is completely different than their original. So, tops of my man, J.D., master of the remix for sure. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Let's talk about Genuine's album, The Bachelor. You know, we talked about Aaliyah's album being a game changer. This was another game changer. Same producer, of course, but Pony. There's still no Mm. song out there that sounds like Pony. Absolutely not. Kyle, why don't you speak on that? I know it's one of your favorites. I mean... I can listen to that song and that whole album today and it still sounds fresh. And a lot of people will say that artists like The Weeknd, like Bryson Tiller, like all these new guys that are coming out now, they're influenced by that album because it was so different at the time. And even listen to a song like Pony today like that. I think that song is played at every single wedding, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) But Ed, do you remember when Pony came out? I remember when Pony came out, and I'll be honest,
1: like a lot of those early records, even Missy, who is my favorite artist, when I first heard her, I'm like, what is this woman talking about? I didn't know how to take it. And the same thing with Pony. When I first heard it, it was so weird. I I used to call it the the bullfrog song because it sounded like a frog croaking. Because, again, this is not what music (laughs) sounded like in 1996. In the years prior we never had songs that were like what is this this does not sound like what we're used to but there's a dopeness to it and there's an artistry to it and that's what drew me in so what started out as this weird song that kind of threw me off became a legitimate classic song that again helped change the sound of music going forward
2: i'm reading the comments here theo sullivan brandon our boy 550. What always gets me hyped? Me too, man. Love that song. <laughs> Our boy Shaquille Perry noted that Magoo, aka Melvin Barcliff, wrote "Lonely Days." Wow! Absolutely.
0: But Tom, you guys, know your stuff. Tom, can we give a shout out to the record "I'll Do Anything"? I'm sorry, which samples? Oh man, Stevie Oof. Wonder. Oof. That is one of my favorite genuine songs, and does yeah. not get enough. That's conversation. a good song. Yep. And Ed, then you got. By- what about
1: the Prince the, cover? The Prince cover. I remember this being a hotly debated topic mm-hmm. back then. And a lot of people loved it. A lot of people thought it was a straight up blasphemy because it was just a different vibe. But again, you got to remember the changing sound at the time. So you got to give your boy props for being able to have, I mean, number one, the courage to step out and to cover a song, that classic and was able to put this completely new spin on it. So, yeah, that one was very divisive at the time. But I think that is one that people still, as we'll see in the comments, I'm sure, a lot of people still love it today. And then uh, also, saddest
2: song alert, The World is So Cold. I mean, look look at those lyrics.
0: Yeah. (sighs) That that song will make (laughs) you feel miserable. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about 702's album here, because I feel like... I don't know if I'm going to have it in my top three ranking because it's such a stacked year. But that to me, for them at that age to put an album out like that, like that's a really, yeah. really good album. And this one has grown on me
2: over the years, guys. I I, I like this one a lot. Ed.
0: I have
1: such fond memories of it. I've mentioned it before. This is the album. This is 96 was the year where I was like getting my learner's permit and I was driving around. And this is one of the first albums I was like bumping in my car as I'm riding around with my independence. So I have so many great memories to this album. And it's one that's, I think, really underrated because this year, Kyle, you hit it. This year is stacked. And it's not in my top five. And we talk about quality, but if we're just talking about personal Ed's favorite albums of the year it's going to be like top three easily because there's just so many great memories attached to it. As a debut, they really were able to step out and have the songs that lean a little bit more poppy and upbeat, but then straight up R and B slow jams as well. They were able to show that balance. I love it. Steelo, one of my Mm -hmm. favorite songs, low key ever too.
0: Tom, I'm going to ask you about these two albums here from Case and Donnell Jones. (laughs) um case that record with foxy brown that was ringing up in the clubs and it still is oh yeah oh no listen I'll- ah. uh, go ahead then oh no you can hit that but
1: really i was just going to talk about how huge that yeah. song was at the time foxy is one of those artists that we don't really talk about today she's kind of out of the spotlight so we don't talk about her contributions to female rap but foxy was that girl in 96 and having her with case was a great kind of rub, and then we had Mary J with the backing of the vocals. Like, this was a star-making performance for our boy. It's hard for
2: me to love the album, though, because Case himself doesn't like it. He kind of says the label forced his hand. So ever since I've heard him say that, I've not liked it as much, and I get it. But there's some solid cuts on the album. I can't hate on it. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. I would love to talk about Darnell's album, though. And I know, Kyle, you're a fan of that one, too. But that one is so slept on my heart. And that one, to me, is a bit of another slow burn, like the 112 a bit. It gets a little more up-tempo at times, but that's a really, really solid album
0: for me. I think only like five people know that album. So the fact that we know it, I think it speaks volumes to us being true R&B fans.
2: Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Hold on, we got to give a shout out we haven't mentioned the nutty professor soundtrack i just want to mention it. a few people in the comments have brought it up i didn't want to forget it oh yes that that's a gem of a soundtrack right there too
0: oh yes
1: um, the thing about that soundtrack is they just put such weird combinations of artists together i remember <laughs> the um, monica and tretch combo i love that song and i know that's i know like again in 2020 that's not a big deal but in 96 yeah. it was weird to like put artists that seem like they didn't match together. Yeah. But yeah, that song is great. And that song, that soundtrack just had so many slept on gems just kind of just sprinkled
0: in there. Ed, can we talk about Maxwell? I, I think people yes, are going to be pissed are. if we don't talk about Maxwell in this album. This is a classic right here.
1: We got to. Again, check out Soul & Stereo. I just ranked Maxwell's, his whole discography not too long ago, maybe a month or two ago. And this one was pretty high on the list. I know a lot of people say this is their favorite Maxwell album. And I get it because it's a debut and it's probably his most accessible album. It's easier to listen to. I like Embryo. I think that's the best one. But that's kind of a more difficult listen. But when you think of Maxwell's most known hits, they are all right here. And this is another star making performance and one of those albums that helped lay the groundwork for Neo Soul that would explode in a couple more years after this.
2: This I will say, guys, is probably, in my opinion, one of the best albums in the '90s. Mm-hmm.
0: I've
2: it Front up there. Front to back, I love the con- like the conceptual aspect of it. You know, I love the the historical aspect where it fits into the neo soul sound. And there's some five star songs on here that are timeless. So it's up there. For- it might not make my personal top three, but as far as quality wise and, and yeah. historical aspect, I look at it
1: up there. I agree. No, no question.
0: Uh, Eric Benet dropped his debut album, and uh, he's had such an illustrious career since then. But this debut album—I mean, from the get-go, the guy can sing, and he showcases it on this album. Yeah, and
1: I don't even remember this album because, again, this out—we al- listen to the albums that we've talked about, such big, big, big hits, and then a lot of under-kind of sleeper hits that kind of R&B fans remember. Yeah. But I don't remember Eric getting the really the credit that he deserved back then for that album. That album was very solid. It's
2: true to myself. I love the song femininity that's on there. Spiritual thing
0: all in the game.
2: There's some album cuts. It's a, it's a good, a great album. Shout out to our boy, Eric Benet. All
0: right. Well, let's talk about this album. I know we're running out of time and I really want to get into these rankings. I don't know where OG Todd Davis is. So we might just have that guy.
2: Man, he better, he's better show up.
0: Yeah, but we'll give him some (laughs) time because Tom, it's time to talk about total. Woof. that debut album
2: when they came out and they came out with a swagger that these r&b groups didn't quite have at the time and it really made a statement and the music was really good too i mean they had swag and they could really sing so it was dope
1: man i love it because they were so ahead of their time if you remember the matrix in like 99 total was the matrix like three years before <laughs> they had the leather. <laughs> They had the glasses and the, and the gloves on and they were doing their thing. They were almost sort of not quite as we hear it today to an annoying level, but it was a heavy hip hop vibe where they were almost rapping and like spitting out their lyrics. Yeah. And that just made them so different. And they had those uh, those incredible samples. The production was incredible. I know a lot of people give them a lot of grief for, like, vocal ability. I think people are a little bit too hard on it. I think they do fine in their lane because they don't overextend. They know where they fit comfortably, and it works. So, yes, this, I love their second album, but this one just has such a strong place in my heart. This is another one of those albums, Kyle, that I wore out while I'm playing Chrono Trigger. I'm over here (laughs) playing Mega Man X. I'm tearing it up. (laughs) <laughs> and I got total in the background.
2: I, ne- I never understood. I love kissing you the original and then the kissing you. Oh, honey remix. I also
1: love, but where did that end up? Was that like a, just a video that wasn't it even was, a single or what? Nope. Once again, once again, we were deprived. I don't know if it ever became an official single. I didn't get it until the LimeWire days. So I got oh. that nice virus mm. in probably <laughs> 2004, but, no, I don't. It definitely wasn't on the album, and I don't remember it being in retail. I don't think it was on the soundtrack either.
2: There was a video, though, right?
1: Oh, there was definitely a video. They were at the album that took out. Yeah, it was, so strange. Yeah, no, it
0: was strange
2: how that worked, but love that one, too. That virus was worth it, Ed.
0: Oh, it was. <laughs> RIP to that computer. <laughs> that virus is never worth it. Uh, let's talk oh. about some other albums here. I know we're running out of time, but Ed, I have a bunch of people demanding that we talk about Horace Brown's album, so we'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, Monifa, Kenny Lattimore, Tony Rich, Mista, Blackberry Molasses, great song. Uh, Men of Vision, Anthony Hamilton's album Ecstasy, which again only two people know about. Yeah, you know those. Apparently, it was selling for like four hundred dollars on the market back in the day because it was so rare. Uh, As yet, and I know you love As Yet's music video for last night.
1: Oh, oh gosh, yeah. If you need a new screensaver from. 1996 that'll do
0: it (laughs) (laughs) and then jesse powell as well Uh, a lot of solid songs but let's talk about horace brown and men of vision and kenny Lattimore. i mean (laughs) i know we joke about kenny Lattimore, but we actually think he's like super talented and this album is actually
1: he's incredible
0: this album is really good
1: yes and he's one of the better vocalists to come out and again this is one of these it's almost the way that we got because you know we're running out of time and we gotta be like okay we gotta mention and Landmore before we get on the whole thing <laughs> it kind of is like mm, it, it's like how his whole career has been because he's so great but we always have to like kind of move by him to get to the next one and it's kind of doing my man a disservice this album was very good and shout out to him for that i wish we could spend more time on it because i could go all day but I understand we can. Oh, and shout out to Monifa's album as well, because somebody's gonna yell at us. That wow. album was incredible as well.
0: And then Men of Vision signed to Michael Jackson. Teddy Riley's all over that album. That, you know, Man, that has a lot of underground R and B fans that love that album.
1: Men of Vision are my boys. Yet again, another album that probably <laughs> five people in this whole podcast <laughs> listening has heard, but I'm one of them and the joint bangs. I love men of vision. You know what I
2: love about that album, guys?
0: Just kidding. I never heard the album. <laughs> well, you got this is go- the third time I'm going to unplug this <laughs> dude's mic. Wait till that's we get, get on that. Wait till we get to 1993, and then ta- Ed, I think you're on your own. Oh. I'm going to say I'm just going to mute both of you off for that
2: episode. I'll just who's that guy that wanted to replace us? Big Tex. It's gonna be Big Tex and That's it.
0: Oh you yeah, know? Big Tex. Yeah. And uh lastly, let's talk about Horace Brown. I think we need to get DJ Soulchild here to talk about Horace Brown, but for oh, that's from a what whole I, episode. From what I've read, because I haven't heard it yet. Apparently, this is a, like an incredible <laughs> album. Ed.
1: I mean, it's a good <laughs> album. I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna diss it Horace. I loved Horace Brown. I thought this had some great sleeper cuts. And for the time, he definitely had some very memorable songs. I remember. It's weird how these songs keep coming back to me. I remember watching my mom's car to freaking one for the money because these songs were just everywhere in 96. So, yeah, it was a great album. Had some great cuts that actually made a lot of radio play at the time. I don't know if I agree with my man with it being a stone cold classic, but it was a memorable album for a very memorable year.
2: Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is he still tours off of that album. That's his only he does. album.
0: Yep. In Europe, he's... Michael Jackson out there. <laughs> Isn't that what uh, DJ child said? No, uh, that's what he said, probably. And then Ed, can I ask, how come as yet didn't blow up? Cause that album I... has a lot of gems in there. Babyface did a lot of it. How come that album didn't take him out of that niche, you know?
1: with the screensaver
0: niche well the yeah. problem is
1: again look at the albums we talked about 112 keith drew tony like the competition was just so incredible at the time that i can't and i've gone back and you can check out solar stereo because i've done a retrospective of their career and they're one one million and two different roster change-ups so that probably didn't help either but they definitely had the talent and this debut was one of the if we talked about, well, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself on the Rookies of the Year, but there was a lot of promise around them, and people thought they were one of the next to blow up at the time.
0: So I think it's time to bring in our special guest as we do our Rookie of the Year. We have Steven, a.k.a. Tar Heel fan. Uh, he's been with us. He's tuned in every week. So we want to take this opportunity to bring on you know, listeners to chime in. And uh, we have Steve and Steven, if you want to unmute yourself, put yourself on camera. There you are. We see you. I appreciate you. Hey, what's up, us. man? What's up? what's up? What's up? Uh, Todd, Thank Davis. you for
2: supporting us every week, man. We appreciate you.
0: No problem. No problem. Uh, Todd Davis is nowhere to be found. So we're just going to go on ahead. Steven, Typical. uh, tell well, us, we where you.
1: Steven, we do it.
0: Steven <laughs> question for you. Where were you in 1996? And were you over five years old? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yes i was over five years old i was born in 1988 so there, i was eight eight years old
1: that's pretty good um, <laughs> yeah in um elementary school
0: <laughs> awesome
2: damn man everyone is younger than us then it's crazy
1: and i'm saying it's but at least he's a, an 80s baby sort of so i gotta get props <laughs> <still. laughs>
2: hey where are you from man are you from yeah, north carolina
0: <laughs> yes hey, from, um, Oh, okay cool cool Nice. So, I mean, Stephen, you know how this works. Uh, we go through our favorite rookie of the year, a debut album that you feel like really made an impact on you or just based on the success of what they had. Tom, who is your rookie of the year?
2: Just want to clarify the rules. The rookie I'm picking is someone that's not going to be one of my top three. So if the guys don't get mad that I didn't name. Well, I'm not going to say it, but. My rookie of the year is, oh, man, this is a tough one. It's still tough. I got to go with my boy Darnell Jones. Darnell? Darnell,
0: guys, we got to fix that.
2: (laughs) Disclaimer, once again, it could have been easily 112. It could have been some of the other names who might end up in my
1: top three, but love my heart album. Wow. What about you, Ed? Ed? Oh, man, this was one of the hardest ones to choose. I mean, we've got so many great debuts. Part of me wants to uh, – I'm kind of like Tom. I almost want to pick someone who isn't going to be on the main list. Do it. Yeah, do that. Uh, all right, I'll do that because this person isn't – he just missed – Just he would have been an honorable mention, just missed the main list. But if we do that, I'm going to go with Maxwell. Nice. Hmm. What about
0: you, Steven? Rookie of the year.
3: I got to agree with Tom. I work at the year Donnell Jones. Love, the, nice. my, love that Mar Heart album. It's
0: one of his best. Did,
2: did you catch that one when, when it released? What, do you remember when it released or did you catch it after the fact?
3: Uh, I caught it after the fact.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I Same used, with me, actually. Time, really I thought, cool. I thought
2: uh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I said, it, um,
3: where I want to be was... Yep. I thought that uh, where I want to be with his first album.
0: But, oh, um, see? Yeah. Like I said, only, <laughs> so, only, a lot of people do. <laughs> only four yeah. people know that Donnell album, but when you go back and listen to it, there's a lot of great songs on there. Yeah.
1: Is it knocks me off my feet on that one?
0: Yes, it yes. is. Because what a cover. That's how you do a cover. That is a great cover. Uh, my rookie of the year, and they may end up on my list as well, but I'm going with 112. Like, mm. just the amount of singles that came out and. One after the other, it was hit on hit on hit. Like, I got to go with 112. So that is our Rookies of the Year. Now we get into the fun stuff. This is our top three favorite albums of the year, starting at number three, counting down to number one. I'm hoping someone picks new edition or else this podcast might be <laughs> over for us. But They will, um, be,
1: they will be I. We'll, we'll, well, let
0: Tom, we'll let Tom kick this off. What is your number three?
1: I,
2: I see a comment someone mentioned Ray J is, did he come out this year? I think he did actually. Oh, wow. We we got (laughs) called out again for not mentioning Ray J, which obviously if you guys know me, I wouldn't have known the difference. Sorry, Ray J. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my number three, I literally actually just changed my rankings in real time here. I had drew Hill at number three, dropped down to number four. We still love you. Drew Hill. We still love that album. My number three is Maxwell, Urban Hanks sweet Classic album. I think I talked myself into it during this podcast, actually. So
0: that's the way we're Weak. going. That wasn't going to be your pick.
2: <laughs> well, listen,
1: I'm not going to hate because it's not a bad pick. It is a, definitely a classic album. I ain't mad at them.
0: All right. What about you, Ed? What's your number three?
1: I will start this by saying all three of my number threes, or all three of my threes are, in my opinion, five-star albums. But I will start... With number three, which honestly can be interchangeable with number two. I mean, it just depends on my mood. But I'll go on my boys from 112.
0: Wow. Now I'm curious to know who your number two is and number one. But you'll see. What about you, Steven? What's your number three?
3: Um, um before I say my number three, I'm gonna say like the the honorable mentions. Shout out to my boy, Keith Sweat. It's a good album, but oh, didn't quite make it. Oh, he got the CD. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. So, Ed, so, Ed, you're not the only one who collects CDs. Uh, my dog, <laughs> my dog. <I> love it. <laughs> you're not the only one who collects CDs. So, yes. uh, shout out to uh, Keith Squat. It, uh, it didn't quite make my top three. Also, shout out to my boy, Maxwell. Wow. Oh,
1: and look then, at these. These hard copies.
3: Yeah. The, the one and only Maxwell. And Tom, don't you forget it.
0: <laughs> there you go don't you, don't you, <laughs> there you go wow
3: don't, don't you forget it uh, you know inside joke you know uh, yeah. Lewis.
2: <laughs> love that song yeah, you know me I,
3: yeah uh, also um, shout out to genuine that's a good uh, CD but didn't yep. quite make my top three Um, but uh, I was okay so I'm gonna go to my top three my top three is 702 no doubt wow wow CD. Yes, it's a classic, it's a classic. I, it really is a classic, so I gotta say, my girl 702. Hey, man, you can't never...
0: me want to
1: pull them off the
3: wall. Dog. <laughs> you came
0: prepared for this podcast, man. I did, I'm an RB fan. I'm, there you I, go, you love it.
3: I, I love RB, so yeah, yeah.
0: 702,
3: my, my top three is my
2: uh, thing. Uh, uh, Kyle, we've been getting called out repeatedly by Music Bopper, the one Why? who called us out for Ray J also mentioned we didn't name Joe. Joe did not release his debut album or an album this year as far as I remember.
1: No, no. Joe was later on and then the other album was after this. You know,
2: and then Chico right De Barge, his debut album was in nineteen eighty six. So that's another one that was not this mm. year. Nor did he have an album this year.
1: What y'all talking about? Y'all in the eggnog I don't know.
0: <laughs> eggnog <laughs> Wow. All right. Uh, my number three. Are, are we still getting called out here?
2: No, we're good. We're good.
0: Oh, but, uh my number three, as promised earlier, initially was my number one, but people dissed me. So Tony Braxton's Secrets is my number three now. Wow. Uh I actually really love that album. Like I said, it was my entry point into R and B. I love me some hymn. I love me that song a hundred percent. Yes, sir. Let it flow thousand percent. Love that song. And then Great there song. was that one record. There's No Me Without You. Now, that song is the saddest song of all time.
1: If not, is the saddest song of all time.
0: Then it's top three. (laughs) So that's that. Uh, Back at you, Tom, for number two. The craziest thing is about my number two this album to me still
2: doesn't sound dated. The Tony Braxton album you named and those songs you named to me sound dated at this point. I'm sorry. They were great for the moment.
1: But okay,
2: they sound a little dusty and dated at this point.
1: Please,
2: however, Genuine's "The Bachelor" album does not sound dated whatsoever. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but yeah, man, game changer. That's my number two. Hold that C- CD up, Steven. Oh, that's not. That's not. <laughs> that's not my top. Oh, I thought you that came fi- prepared.
3: That five 550- fifty. What? It kind of messed it up. I didn't like that song. You didn't like that song? I didn't like 550. So like that nah, oh. like $5. kind of messed up the vibe
1: yeah. of the CD. So. <laughs> hey, I Steven, don't you... know. I'm kind of with Steven. I like it, but it's not in my top
0: three. You guys are crazy. Steven, I know you got all those albums at like Value Village yesterday. Couldn't find the genuine album. Oh that's my God, a, yesterday? That's, that's a, <laughs> Did that's you see that wear on the cover? That's some well-worn <laughs> albums
1: played. Even, even listening to those.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, Ed, what's your number two? Oh,
1: my gosh. Y'all got me turned up here on the day after Christmas. So, again, this is my number two. It's interchangeable with my number three. If you want to get down to it, I won't argue too much. But my number two is my boys from Baltimore, Drew Hill. Mm. Another debut that's absolutely stellar and one that went on to define their career going forward. I think it's their best
2: album. Wow. I'm sorry to interrupt. We're getting fired warning shots by Jonathan B. Because Secrets is his favorite album of all time. And I called it Dusty. So
1: um, yeah, that's your fault. You know, yeah, if you want to suspend
2: me, you can suspend me for one episode if you'd like without pay, and I'll come back. I'm, in a I'm sure weeks. you'll. The
1: 1993
0: one will be the ones you decide to be suspended. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Steven, what's your number two?
3: Well, my number two is uh, my girl Aaliyah. One in a million. Ooh. That's a really dope album from start to finish. So yeah,
0: that's my number two. All so, right, uh, my number two. This might shock some people, but it shouldn't. I'm going to go with Blackstreet's second album. Mm. I think this is a really incredible album. People need to go back and listen to that album. They had that Beatles record, Money Can't Buy Me Love, and they flipped it and turned it into an R&B song. Great song. Great album. So is my number two. And Tom, we are at number one here. Before
2: I announce my number one, I'll tell you my just misses, Drew Hill. Herrick Benet 112, and 702. So that leaves my number one as Aaliyah's One in a Million album, mm. classic album, another game-changer, another one that doesn't sound dusty. <laughs>
1: That's my pick. Ed? Come on, player. Do you really have to know what my number one is? Did you just meet a player? Did you not see Steven when he announced it to the world with a hard-copy CD? My boy, Keith Sweat, mm. number one, self-titled, 1996, sitting in the throne on the album. He basically told y'all he was giving you a classic on the album.
0: <laughs> is he sitting on a throne? Yes. Hold I think he's sitting on the toilet? No, it's a throne. Look at it. Steven, can you show me the album cover again? Yeah. <laughs> That's a throne. That is a throne. <laughs> wow. That is a throne. Oh. All right, Steven, what is your number two? Number one no, it was number, number one, one sorry. <laughs> I'm on the eggnog. Well, my,
3: <laughs> my number one is um Donnell Jones, My Heart. That's my wow. album right there. That kind of set the pace for me. Um really loving Donnell Jones. I mean, he just re- released classic after class after that. Uh that my heart album is my number one. Um wow. love the I Love My Heart, the song My Heart, I love No, no Interruptions.
1: Um,
0: oh, no
3: interruptions. Waiting on you, and you know, uh, no interruptions. sound just like um, um, the song he wrote for 702 uh,
0: 702. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can tell Donna
3: Joe. Yeah, get it, together, could yeah. Jo- it together. So you can tell that Donna Jones wrote that song. Yeah, um, uh, you sh- you should know. I mean, just the whole album is You're players. In- play- yeah, player on the hood. That's my that's my joint. So uh, yeah, Donna Jones, my heart number one. <laughs> man. Now, Steven.
2: Now, Stephen, the most important question you must answer for us: Have you ever heard anyone refer to him as Darnell
0: Jones? Except us.
3: Yeah, I think somebody uh, <laughs> <laughs> who was listening to you all uh, like commented. Uh, she was saying like Darnell Jones can't see. Me? He, he sounds pitchy. Was that her who, who referred the, to him? No, no. Though, we
2: found a lot of people. Mis- there's pronouns. a lot of people who called him that. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I okay. thought it was just a southern accent thing, you know, like it's Darnell. You pronounce it Darnell with a southern slang. It no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All we right. can say Darnell versus Darnell. <laughs> no one puts an R in there. It's a weirdo's. Oh, I love
0: to stick it to the south. Don't All mind right. me. Um, my number one album. My honorable mentions. I think in a in, in any other day. 112 is probably my number one. I don't know how they got to number four. No, but <laughs> I don't either. Uh, Drew Hill is an honorable mention. 702 is an honor- honorable mention. I'm gonna go with the Pony Man. I'm going with Genuine
2: nice.
0: as my number one. I love that album. Um, I would say that 100% Genuine is the better album, but. I think the bachelor just has a special place in my heart. It's just, it sounds super organic and and new to this day. So I'm going to go with the bachelor as my number one. And um, yeah, I'm going to go with that as my number one. So I think that's it for this week. Uh, Tom, can you see if the new edition fans are on us?
2: We're safe. I think for the moment. Uh, Yeah. Kyle and Tom really appreciate that. Timbaland production says Shaquille Perry. Yeah. Yep. We do.
0: So, Stephen, I appreciate you for joining us. Uh, thank <laughs> you for tuning in every week oh, as well. Oh, sorry.
2: I spoke too soon. LaFace era. I can't believe no one picked new edition. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it to happen sooner or later.
0: <sighs> I mean, that was what Todd Davis was supposed to be for, but uh, he decided not to show up to this call. So. Well. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. Indeed. So uh i think we're out of here um Stephen, do me one favor here of all those cds that you have on your desk right now and you're from north carolina so you can answer this who is the michael jordan of r&b
3: <laughs> that's a hard question to answer kyle Be honest with you <laughs> oh man
0: you had a Yo, Ed, he had a chance to whip out Keith's sweat and he didn't do it. What does that mean?
1: I was waiting for Keith to make another appearance. So I will say it since my man Steven didn't. Keith!
0: Yes, uh, yes.
1: there go. Yes, there it is.
0: 96 Jordan. Yes. Wow. All right, well, Ed, what's going on with Soul and Stereo.com? <laughs>
1: Check out Soul and Stereo because we had a lot of fun this week. It is time for the 2020 Player Please Awards. My chance to throw shade at 12 months of trash. So it's hard. Go back. <laughs> look at some of the weirdest celebrity moments. And I go in. It's only your boy can do. So go check that out and make sure you send your hate mail to my DMs. So I can promptly ignore. Them. I said what I said. <laughs> also, my boy, Derry. Shout out to our boy, Lawrence, who joins us on the podcast every week. He joined me for a head to head on our with our girls, Escape. And they actually showed a lot of love to us. So nice. shout out to Escape for sharing the post and. Bringing some traffic our way, but we talked about nice. their best. Their who was the person that was probably the most likely to go solo and blow up? Best albums, best album cuts, best videos. It was a good time with me and my boy. So go check that out.
0: Nice, Tom. What's going on with you? Know I got so we literally took off a week from
2: from posting new stuff, so it's been slow. Yeah, so really not much to discuss.
0: Um, I interviewed Candice Nelson today. Uh, super songwriter. So, we talked about the Aphrodisiac album stuff that she did with Kylie Dean and the whole clutch movement. So, stay tuned for that interview, I'll be uploading it shortly. And, uh, yeah, we're just gonna put out more content, Steven. We might have to invite you back in a couple oh, you got of weeks. Uh, I was oh, ready right? for 1995
3: too. Yeah, that, that Faith Evans debut. Oh, wow. oh look at my boy! Yeah, my boy's on <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. This is one of
2: he, he's of more prepared episodes, than we are. He is, actually. Yeah. One of these episodes, we should just bring our whole the whole family onto this thing at once. Everyone who joins the us whole, every week,
0: bring the them whole on whole at crew. once. That yep. might be fun. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's it for this week. Uh, Steven, again, I appreciate you for joining us. Todd, I don't know where you are, but if you're reading this or you're listening to this, it was too late. But Ed and Tom, I appreciate Calm you guys. Down. Isn't that a not that a Drake album title?
1: It's a terrible uh, yeah. Drake album. But oh. Don't get me started on that.
0: Um, I guess that's it for this week. New edition fans, I love you guys. <laughs> we just maybe they'll maybe they'll show up in our like 1989 album. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Well, but,
1: I don't uh, think you or Tom would show up to the 1989 discussion. Big text, uh, we're waiting boy.
0: on you. But all right, we're out of here, guys. Steve. Appreciate you for joining us Steven, again. Appreciate you,
2: man. And no problem. we are flail.: right, No problem. All right, guys.